You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Just like what Dustin said, my, my name is Chukubu DK. Um, my parents were born in Nigeria, um, but, I, but Dustin calls me that not to confuse me with Daniel Kim, okay? Now, I, I always say this because I just want you guys to, to, to be the judge of this. Who should own the name DK? Is it Daniel Kim, whose name is Daniel, or is it Chukubu DK, whose name is DK? That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to embarrass Daniel. We were in the same campus ministry for a long time. That's, that is my friend right there. But, you know, I, I am DK from the downtown Long Beach ministry, and it's great to be here. Um, I want to start with the story. Is that okay? I know that I only have about 15 minutes of attention span today, so I'm going to move. But um, we're going to go ahead and read a story. There were two farmers, Hank and Joe, who lived on adjacent properties. They were in the middle of a long drought that had left their land parched, making it almost impossible to grow crops. One day, Joe looked over his fence and saw Hank working on, a, on building a new dam. What are you doing that for? There's no water, Joe said. The rain is coming, replied Hank. Joe looked up at the cloudless sky, shrugged his shoulders, and walked away. A couple weeks later, Joe looked over the fence again and saw Hank working on a new irrigation system. What's the point of that? There's still no water, Joe shouted. The rain is coming, replied Hank. That's what you said last time, Joe muttered under his breath as he turned around and walked away. A few weeks later, large black clouds filled, started to fill the sky and the rain finally fell, breaking the drought with a massive downfall that had the potential to change the future for all the farmers in the region. Hank looked out from his farmhouse as his new dam and, and irrigation system filled with precious water, ensuring that he would benefit from the rain for a long time in the future. Joe was relieved to see the rain, but he was unprepared and his property soon dried up again. A few months later, Joe looked over the fence at Hank's luscious farm with envy. Why is he so lucky? He asked himself. Hank looked back at his neighbor's dust bowl of a farm with pity. Why is he so foolish? He asked himself. See, the point of my lesson today is that the rain is coming. What do I mean by the rain is coming? What am I even talking about? I'm talking about that the Spirit of God is moving, and the Spirit of God is always moving. And we just never know when things are going to flip, when our lives are going to change, when, when there are going to be these dramatic shifts in our lives. Does that make sense? Two years ago, I had a dramatic shift in my life because I got married to my wife, Marissa, who's sitting in the back row, okay? That was a switch. That was a flip, okay? Um, I was just talking to a couple, and they're like, yeah, we just had our baby seven weeks in. I'm like, wow, that's a flip. That, that's huge, okay? That's, these are they're just life-changing things that happen in our lives, and a lot of the times, we cannot prepare for them. A lot of the times, we do not know that they are coming. We can only adjust, and we can only be preparing, living our lives in such a way so that when they flip, we can be just like the farmer who was prepared, and that we will not be like the farmer who was sitting and wondering, what happened? Why am I not a part of this? What's, what is going on? You know, there was a study during the 2018 Winter Olympics done by Case Western Reserve University that said that it's common for athletes to spend 10,000 hours training combined with the right diet, sleep schedule, and a, and a great focus on mental health in order to be an Olympic athlete. 
You know, it isn't just good enough to be born. It isn't just good enough to practice every now and again. 10,000 hours is like, is like going hard as if it's your full-time job for five years in a row. The right diet. If I was trying to be an Olympic athlete, I would have eaten nothing that I've eaten the last week, okay? The right diet is difficult. A focus on mental health, sleep schedules. This is what it takes to become an Olympic athlete. Yet the Bible describes being a Christian as a race. So why would it be different for us? Why would we not have to prepare? Why would we think that everything's going to be okay if I just wish well? My, my lesson today is titled, uh-oh. Oh, no. Next slide. We're going to have to do that. Two slides from now, actually. Ah, am I good? I'm good now. Leap 19. Leap 19. What is the leap that we're going to take this year? The year's running out, right? I look back at my New Year's resolutions. It was the first time I looked at them in about eight months, okay? It was not good. It was not a good sight. What is our leap going to be, though? How are we going to prepare ourselves for when, for when everything changes, for when there's a flip, for when the rain starts pouring down? What kind of leaps are we going to take here in 2019? I know for me, the, one of the other biggest leaps in my life was the planting of the downtown Long Beach ministry that happened about a, a little bit more than a year ago. It was Easter of 2019. We had our first service in our new building. And it's just been so incredible but it was just such a huge leap for me and for the 32 other disciples that have, that have come along with us. God has blessed it. There's been, there's been eight people who have become Christians over that span, a lot of new faces. It, it's such an incredible thing. But man, it's a, it was a leap. I actually found out. This is how I found out I was going to leave downtown Long Beach, okay? Check this out. I got engaged. I, I was going to get married. And I, and I called Reuben, who's my minister, and I said, hey, Reuben, um, I'm getting ready to go look for a house in Lakewood, which is... 30 minutes away from downtown Long Beach, let's say. He's like, hey, can you meet me for coffee tomorrow? I have something to tell you. I was like, sure, why not? Why not? What can go wrong here? I go and I sit down with Ruben, and you're going to find out through my lesson that sitting down with Ruben, it is a very risky proposition, okay? But I sat down with Ruben, and I said, hey, Ruben, what's up, man? What's going on? He's like, hey, um, you know how you're getting married in a few weeks? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to leave downtown Long Beach right after your honeymoon. It starts the week after you come back. When you come back, you're going to start. And you can't move to Lakewood. You've got you to move to downtown Long Beach. That's it. That's how it's going to be. Have a good night. I was like, what? What just happened? Everything just flipped. The rain came. I was not ready for this. And yet that's how it can be. The rain comes, and sometimes we are not ready. So today I wanna, I'm going to read out of the book of Joshua, and I want to encourage us to take a leap in 2019 and to continuously prepare ourselves for whatever God does because God is moving, and he stays moving, and he's always moving. In fact, um, I know that, that the South Bay Church just kind of split into two worship centers. That's a move. That's a leap. That is, that is huge. And God is going to continue to do that all throughout our lives. The question is only... Are we ready? And will we be ready? Like I said, um, we're going to read out of the book of Joshua chapter 5. But my first point is whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Before we can take any kind of a leap here in 2019, we've got to figure out whose side we're on. And we've got to be fighting on the right side. Like I said, I'm going to go out of Joshua chapter 5. And Joshua chapter 5, I'm going to pick up the story here. But obviously the, the uh, Old Testament starts with God promising Abraham that, that Abraham is going to be the father of, of, of God's people. But descendants keep going, and all of a sudden, a few generations later, they're in slavery. 
So God calls Moses to lead them out of Egypt into his promised land, but, but Moses never makes it. So now it's up to Joshua to take over and to lead the people. The problem is that when he gets to the promised land, there are people who already live there. So now he has to take it from them, all right? And so that's where we're going to pick up the story. Joshua's having a conversation with an angel about the land that he's about to enter. In Joshua 5, verse 13, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as the commander of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence. See, I don't know about you, but if I was walking up and there was an angel of the Lord in front of me, and I said, hey, angel of the Lord, are you on my side or on someone else's side? I'm looking forward to them saying, hey, I'm on your side, DK. You're a disciple. Of course I'm on your side. You've been a Christian for nine years. You're serving. You're good. I'm on your side. And yet Joshua asked that question to the angel, and the answer is, I'm not on anybody's side, really. I'm on God's side. So Joshua wasn't really asking the right question, was he? Joshua was asking the angel if, he, if the angel was on his side instead of asking the angel, hey, am I on the right side? Am I even doing the right thing here? Wait a second. Let me not assume that God has to be on my side. And yet, I think that that is how I can view the world sometimes. It's through the lens of, is this my way or is this someone else's way? Is this my idea or is this someone else's idea? Is this what I want to do or is this what someone else wants me to do? Man, God, you better end up being on my side in this scenario. God, I want this job. Are you on my side? You better be on my side. God, I want, I want a date. I want to marry this person. You better be on my side. God, I want to move to this place. God, you better be on my side. And the problem with taking a leap when you're not on the right side or when your viewpoint is, who's, when your viewpoint is hey, God, are you on my side? is that all of a sudden we only take leaps when they seem right to us. We only take leaps when they're appropriate because we're on the wrong side. We're on the wrong side, right? So we only take leaps when, when, the, when the temperature is 75 out and the sun is shining and there's, a, and there's a nice breeze and I get all the input and I could see how everything's going to line up. Then I may take a little leap. But if that's not happening, all of a sudden it could become, God, you better figure out how this is going to be for me. God, you better figure out how to get on my side of this. And when that is our mentality, we we do not take the right leaps. We do not take the leaps that honor God, and we end up really stagnant. You know, for me, I think back on on my life, and I was baptized as a 17-year-old. I was baptized as an 18-year-old, but I was met as a 17-year-old as a senior in high school. The next year, I was baptized. And I just remember in the campus ministry, for anybody who's been in the campus ministry, you know, uh, you do a lot of dumb stuff. Half of it is just incredibly stupid, and it should never be repeated. But the other half of it is incredibly spirit-led, and it takes, like, and it almost seems like, man, only young Christians have the courage and the, man, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to trust God in them to do it. And And I've noticed that as I've grown up, put on a few pounds, got married, started leading a church, figured all this stuff out, all of a sudden, I've been more and more unwilling to take those leaps because I've started to kind of drift into the side of DK. Wait, God, I can't move there. I got a, I got a, you know, I got a little lease thing I got to figure out here. I can't move. I can't go anywhere. God, what about my wife? I got to get home to my wife. I can remember, I can remember studying the Bible with a guy, and he wanted to study the Bible during finals week. 
And I remember it was like, well, I got to go to class. I got to do my finals. I got to study for my next finals. Then I, I got to go study the Bible with this guy. And I wound up staying up with him every single night for, for eight days until two in the morning. And there was two guys. There was actually two cousins who were studying at the same time. So we just did the same study with them twice every night during finals week. There's no way I'm doing that today. <laughs> There's no way. I have drifted into the side of I need to prepare myself for everything, and I'm not down for the uncomfortable. And yet, that guy got baptized. That guy got married here in the church. He leads the teen ministry in El Mensaje. His name is Fernando. He's an incredible disciple. But man, I thought, I thought about that today, and I'm like, man, am I on the right side anymore? Am I still willing? Come on, bro. Or have I drifted into the wrong side of, of, of history here? And I think, like I said, Joshua was asking the wrong question. We got to be able to ask the question, are we on God's side? Are the decisions that I'm making the decisions that God wants me to make? Are my hesitations because God is hesitant or because I'm hesitant? We got to be, we got to ask the question, whose side are we on? Next slide is for six days. I'm going to go ahead and read Joshua chapter six. Uh-oh, I'm almost messed up here. Joshua six, verse one. It says, now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. Now, can you imagine going out to war and God leading the conversation with, hey, you already won, you're good, but you're actually not going to fight for a week. You're just going to do some sprints, do some sprints around the city, and then you're going to go home and hang out. Then you know, wake up the next morning, do some sprints, and then you're going to go lay down, and, and then you're going to keep doing this for a week, and, and the whole city is going to be watching you do this, and you're going to be afraid that they may just come out and just get you, right? But just keep doing this. Don't worry. You, you, you'll be good. And it's crazy. That's, that's crazy instruction. That actually makes no sense. You know, scholars say that the reason God did this, once again, I don't know if this is true. This is just, I read this online. Um, scholars say that God did this so that the people of Jericho can see and have a chance to repent. Right? See, we don't even know what God's doing half the time. We just be having opinions, right? It's like, that's not right. We have no clue what God is doing. And yet, that was the story there. God gave them some instruction that was difficult to understand. And I want to say this, that so frequently in my life, the, obeying God means doing something that I don't understand, yep. that I, I, don't, I don't even agree with. And if you read through the Bible, you look at it, how many times do you read God giving people instruction that makes no sense? It's like every other page, it's like, wait, what? What just happened here? You want to sacrifice his son? Are we serious? Are we serious? Wait, use a stone to kill a giant? What are we talking about? What's happening here? And yet that's, that happens so frequently in the Bible. And yet in 2019, DK likes things to make all the sense in the world before he does anything. And it's funny because our world has changed so much since the, since the Bible time. 
now I'm, I am able to communicate with anybody I want so quickly. I can, if I, if I want to get money from somebody, they can Venmo me in half a second, right? I can do all these things so fast, and God moves at the same exact speed he's always moved at. God has not changed at all. And yet, still, in 2019, I want things to make all the sense in the world. I want things to make sense before I jump. And I tell you right now, this instruction made absolutely no sense. In my life, like I said, I was baptized in the campus ministry. And after I was done in the campus ministry, um, Reuben, once again, Reuben is the main character of one of, the, of these stories, right? Reuben walks up to me and says, hey, uh, meet me outside of Bella's karate class, right? Every time this happens, now I know not to meet with Reuben when he asked me to meet him in a very isolated location, right? <laughs> Just never know. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, why not? He said, hey, you want to go in the ministry part-time for a year? Yeah, you can still be a teacher because I want to be a teacher. You can still go and do that on the side, but you can just be in the ministry for a year. Yeah, why not? What can go wrong, right? We go. We, I'm in the ministry for a year at Cerritos College. Such a fun time. I had so much fun that at the end of that year, uh, Ruben and I both agreed, hey, you know, this might be a good thing to do full-time. I was like, yes, let's go. So he sits me down at a Korean barbecue. Hey, meet me at Korean barbecue. Let's go and sit down and have, and have a meal. Why not? We sit down, and he's like... Actually, um, so I'm going to add some responsibilities to what you're doing here. You want to be in the teen ministry? Just take care of some kids, be with the teens? I'm like, eh, why not? Why not, right? So I do that. I, I jump in. I'm, I'm in the teen ministry and the campus ministry now. And it's fun. I'm taking like, college students. I'm taking teens on, on campus. It's great, right? Then six months later, after one semester of, of, of this new kind of year, I'm in the full-time ministry, we're like cranking. We have a rhythm. We're all set up. In the middle of the year, Ruben's like, hey, you want to meet me at this burger spot? He tempts me with food, okay? I'm like, oh, let's go. Why not? Why not? What could happen? He's like, hey, so I'm going to pull you from the campus ministry. You're done. You're actually going to go in the singles ministry and do that with the teens now. I'm like, oh, no. These requests are starting to get more and more burdensome. What am I doing? I'm not a singer. I'm a, I'm a college student. What do you mean? But, you know, I went, and I did it. And then, once again, it was the aforementioned, hey, when you come back from your honeymoon, we're starting this downtown ministry. You remember that? Yeah, you're going to lead that, okay? And I look back, and I'm like, man, I would have said no to every one of those decisions that he made if I was in my right mind, if I was not so young and dumb, Okay? But then I got married, right? And then you know who was standing to my left as one of my groomsmen? It was Stephen Marici, who I met and became close friends with in the singles ministry, and who became one of my guys, one of my best friends, still is one of my best friends. And, and, and my family did not agree with anything about me getting married. And so I had this first row set up for my family, and my family didn't come. But you know who sat there? Uh, the, the, the family of the, of the kid that I mentored in, this, in the team ministry, the Matthews. They were sitting there representing my family. And then, and then you know who I, who I did my first dance with? Karen Plymel, my not mother, who's also my spiritual mother. <laughs> and then you realize that, you know what, I think God knew exactly what he was doing. And then downtown Long Beach ministry, I'm dealing with everybody from every age range. Yeah. And so many millennials, so many singles, older people, people are getting baptized. And I attribute it to God saying, man, aren't you glad you listened to me on this one? Aren't you glad you didn't say, I'm out on this one, God. You better, you better get on my side of the equation. Once again, we have all these opinions about stuff, but sometimes the right opinion is just, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to do what God says on this one. I'm going to march around this city, even though it makes absolutely no sense to me. Sometimes that's just the right decision. We, we do not know what God is going to do. My final point is this. 
After you've decided to be on the Lord's side, and then after you've decided that, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to go wherever God wants me to go. There's only one thing left to do. You got to leap. You got to leap. Verse 15 of Joshua chapter 6. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest shouted the, the uh, trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that's in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in the house, in her house, shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and, the sound, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and took the city. You see, how would this story read in the Bible if they never actually did what God commanded at the end? If they had gotten their hearts right, if they had done their little sprints around the city every morning, but they didn't actually leap. You know, how does our story look if we don't actually make the leap that is uncomfortable that God is calling us to take? You know, I'm going to bet that for some of us, we're just sitting real comfortable here in the church. We've been around for a while, maybe. We're sitting pretty. We're good. Church is down the street. And God is, is trying to shake the cage and say, look, it's time to leap. It's time to go into the city. It's time to do something. Some people are actually physically looking away from me, which is weird. I think I'm talking to you, okay? If you looked away from me when I said that, I'm talking to you. This is God speaking, okay? That was kind of weird. That's never happened to me before. Some of us, you know, we're just comfortable, too comfortable. We got to take a leap. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what that leap looks like for you because I don't really know everybody here. But I think you know what that leap looks like for you. And I think if you prayed and if you prepared yourself and if you just listened for the Spirit, you would know what that leap looks like for you. Like I said, maybe, maybe it means we got to go into a ministry, go into another part of the church that we weren't, pre we weren't prepared for. Maybe it means we got to cut off a certain relationship. Maybe it means that we got to do something radical in faith. Maybe it means you got you to study the Bible with a guy for eight days until he gets baptized and leads his team ministry. I don't know. Maybe you got to go to downtown Long Beach. I don't know. But that would be a good leap for me, right, and for the Lord. Sorry, Steve. It has to be done. It has to be done. Whose side are you on, bro? Come on. Jeez. I'm sorry. Forgive Steve. I'm going to keep preaching the word here. The question is this. What is your Jericho? What is your Jericho? What are the walls that you have to walk around and then the city you have to enter? <laughs> what is the leap you have to take. You know, when I think about this story, it, 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 I can only think about Jesus, okay? I can only think about Jesus at the garden. In Matthew chapter 26, where it says, With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for a sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father 
and he will not at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? You see, Jesus had every reason to get comfortable, to call on some angels, to make it easier on himself and to not take a leap. But where, what, where would we be if Jesus did not take this leap? And I want us to think as we go ahead and get communion ready here, to think about Jesus and the leap that he took for us first. You know, God never called us to do anything that, that he himself was not willing to do. And Jesus took the first leap for us, though it was uncomfortable. And so let us bow our heads and let us pray and meditate on Jesus and the leap he took for us by dying on the cross for our sins. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for you and for you sending your son and for the leaps that Jesus took here on earth. God, we know that sometimes we can, we can get comfortable. We can get on, on our own side of the battle and we, and we can forget about you. We, and we can ignore what you're saying, God. But we just pray that we can think about your son, that we can think about his sacrifice. We can think about the leaps that he took for us, Father. We love you so much and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.